be nervous. I think we're right where we need to be tonight. Our hearts are tender. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter number 16. Luke chapter number 16, just stay with me, Ben. Until I look at you, then you quit. Luke chapter number 16. You know, there's people. There's people that would drive by this thing and look under this tabernacle tonight and think we're a bunch of crazy people. People that might have all the wealth of this world. But you know, I have found a long time ago that it's not a matter of what you have, it's a matter of who you have. Amen. That makes all the difference in the world. Luke chapter number 16, are you there? Say amen. amen. Verse number 19, the Bible said, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen. All preacher. Fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. Desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass that the beggar died was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, verse number 23, and in hell. He lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off, Lazarus in his bosom, cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted. Thou art tormented. Beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren. That he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. He said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them they, from the dead, they will repent. He said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Yes, sir. Verse number 23. This rich man that had everything that he could ever want. Yeah, yeah. This
this rich man that lived in the mansion down the road, this rich man that drove the nicest of cars, this rich man that had all the wealth in this world. But in verse number 23, and in hell, he lift up his eyes. I'd love to get up here and preach a sermon tonight and try to encourage the fire out of you, but I've got to be obedient to what the Holy Ghost told me to do tonight. Yes, Come on, sure. God let a specific burden on my heart yesterday that both nights under this tabernacle I'm supposed to preach on the subject I'm preaching on tonight. And we find here the text alluding to, not alluding to, directly pointing at a very real place right. called I know our modern seminary, our modern philosophers and all these want to say that hey, I got an argument the other day with a young man that believed that hell is not an eternal place. And people want to put all these stigmas on this place called hell. But may I say as real as where we are right now, there is a very real place. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yep. The most important thing that you can answer tonight is not how rich you are, how famous you are, how big of a house you live in. But to answer me this question, that if you were to leave this tabernacle tonight and get struck in a car accident or a heart attack take you out or a brain aneurysm take you out, all of a sudden, where would you open your eyes to? Come on. A question that only you and God can answer for yourself. Hell, number one, is a place of sensation. Yep. God talks about in hell, the rich man opened his eyes. And in hell, he opened his eyes. He felt the flames. He saw the flames. His mind was cognitive enough to understand what was going on. Yeah. I remember growing up, and, uh, one of our neighbors, we'd go play wiffle ball over there. Me and my brother, both preacher's kids. My daddy, from the time we was kids, taught us to be soul winners. I'd be on that pitching mound. Before I'd throw the ball, I'd say, BJ, if you died right now, where would you go, heaven or hell? I'd throw the ball. Brian, be the catcher. He'd say, you sure you know you're saved when you die? I mean, we just cornered them kids everywhere we could. Tell them about Jesus. To the point, BJ got so bothered by what we were saying. I'll never forget he came home the next came back the next day to play and we started witnessing to him, talking to him about the Lord. And he made this statement. He said, I talked to my father about this hell thing y'all keep talking about. And my father told me that all of our family is going to hell. And that our family is partying in hell. And that we don't want to go to heaven. We want to go to hell where our friends and family are. So just leave me alone about it. We're going to hell. Probably 13, 14 years old at the time. May I say this, thanks man. Hell is not going to be a place where we party. That's right. 
Hell is not a place where we're going to drink it up and party it up. But I promise you this. Your Bible is very clear that it's a place of weeping and wailing and gnashing. It is a place of sensation. It is a place of separation. Said so there's a great gulf fixed. It's a place of separation. Where husbands whose wives prayed for them to get saved. Husbands whose little kids begged them to get saved. Would not be saved and eternally will be separated from their love. Right. It is a place of separation. I watched a video today that some church put together. Boy, put the uh, just incredible videos. I've seen things like it before, but never nothing on this professional of a level. And at first, you would have thought it was a, a worship service of some sort. Uh, people wailing inside this church. And, very quickly there were clothes laying all over the uh, auditorium. Uh, very quickly I realized what was going on. They were creating a video depicting what it would have been like for the rapture to take place only for some to go and some to be left behind. Mamas holding the clothes of their children as they've been separated by the rapture. And I begin to think today, as I was thinking about tonight and all this, how many families will be separated with half of them going to heaven, the rest going to hell, on, and eternal damnation and eternal separation. Mom. Jesus did not die on a cross for religious whatevers. He didn't come to save you from poverty or from this. Uh, he came because there's a real place called hell where yeah. mankind was going to be separated for all of eternity. Yeah. Thief comes not over to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Yeah. It is a place of separation. I wonder tonight. Now I don't know. I. I, I as a preacher, I don't I don't understand all the orders sometimes. I just know what God lays on my mind. Bless him all. Bless him all. I don't know who God's after. As I look over this crowd, I think, my goodness, y'all look like such wonderful people. Look like amazing people. Look like it looks like everybody in this tabernacle is either a preacher or a preacher's wife. At least it looks like it could be. I don't understand who God's after. Amen. But I do know this. That hell is as real as anything we've ever thought. Amen. Yeah. Your Bible says that hell hath enlarged herself. Yeah. All these things going on. You watch the death toll in America today as literally people are dying and dying and dying. And the vast majority thereof are dying. That's it. Yeah. I thought to myself today, I, I don't know this could be my last chance that I ever get. The Lord only knows this could be the last chance I ever get to preach in Laporte, Indiana. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. How silly me to come in and tickle your ears and make you feel good. Yeah. But God help me tonight as a preacher to tell you you need to think about where you're going to spend eternity. Amen. 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 
We've come in here tonight, and I know the vast majority would claim, Preacher, I've been saved. I know I'm saved. I can take it to the place. I can take it to the time. But you'll never convince me in a crowd this large tonight that everybody under this tent is born again, blood washed, and heaven bound. Stories. There's one story that stuck out to me. A man by the name of J. Harold Smith. A great preacher. I love studying behind him. I love reading behind him. I love listening to a sermon. He's on YouTube. You go back and go on YouTube later and type in J. Harold Smith and you will learn that he is unlike any preachers of today. The man literally had an anointing on his life to reach sinners like anything I've ever he had a famous sermon called God's Three Deadlines. Thousands upon thousands of people came to Christ as he preached that sermon. J. Harold, this, this is all I really was burdened to say much about tonight. J. Harold Smith told a story in that sermon that he preached on God's Three Deadlines that he was in a service much like this. In those days, the preachers would schedule their meetings for two weeks long. They wouldn't come for a three-day meeting or a one-week meeting. They would schedule them for two solid weeks because it takes a whole week just to get the, the devil out of most Baptist churches before we can have Y'all fighting each other and operating in the flesh and this, that, and the other. It takes a good week just to get our flesh where we can receive the things of God. Come on! And we find... J. Harold Smith would go in there and preach and they had preached and preached and people getting saved all over that town. They said there was a prominent family in that church. The mother and the father were saved and loved the Lord. They had a daughter who was the homecoming queen. She was one of the most popular girls in school. She was a good girl. Everybody liked her. When Brother J. Harold Smith would give the invitation and ask people to raise their hands, if they didn't know the Lord, she'd raise her hand and testify that she was not a Christian. She was one of those who had good intentions of doing something for the Lord one day. She knew what was right. She knew what was wrong. She'd been raised in it all of her life. J. Harold Smith would get up and preach and she'd raise her hand and say, pray for me. But when the invitation would be given, that girl would not move from her seat. The preacher would get up and, and do everything he could to get people to come forward and trust Christ. That young lady would sit back there in her seat and would not budge. Help me. They said that under such a burden one night, Brother J. Harold Smith began to walk back there to that place. He got back there to where that girl was and he said, This young lady... God's dealing with your heart. He said these words, it is dangerous to say no to the Lord. It is dangerous to say no to Jesus. Please come to Christ while there's an opportunity. Said that girl, lifted her head and said, no, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I don't want to be saved tonight. Said one more time, he looked her in the eyes and said, young lady, please, don't say no to Jesus. Don't say no to the Lord. Don't push Him away another time. Please come to Christ. Yeah, yeah. So that girl lifted her head, looked Him in the eyes, 
said, J. Harold Smith, I'm not ready to be saved. Please, just leave me alone. I'm not ready to be saved. They said what those words said, J. Harold backed off of that girl and went to the pulpit. They closed the meeting down. All the people, just like this meeting, well, just in a moment, people got up and began to leave all over that place. J. Harold Smith and the pastor, they gathered in place and they were eating and about to go back to go to bed that night. The families all had left. It wasn't long until somebody ran back in the church and came and said, you've got to come right away and just up the road. That family, the mother, the father, and that little girl uh, got up out of that church and they had left and got in the car and began to head towards the house. Just a service just like you're in tonight. They got up and began to head towards the house. And they began to head towards where they lived. Got all the way to the road where their house was. The father turned the blinker on. Was about to head in. And around the curve come a drunk driver. Running at excess speeds. And T-boned the car. With that mother and that father. And that young teenage girl. In that car. Said that car struck that car flipped it over head on heel over into the ditch on the side the mother and the father got out of that car bruised, bewildered hurt a little bit but not not dead by any means as they come to themselves they're trying to see where the mama's at, daddy's at they begin to look for the daughter the daughter is in the back of that car wounded greatly they said that that girl began to yell, Daddy, Daddy, I'm hurt. Daddy, get me out of here. Daddy, get me out of this car, Daddy. Said that man went over those car doors, one side pinned against the, 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 the dirt wall on the other side, the other side, as the father grabbed that car door and began to pull on that car door to get his 17, 18-year-old daughter out of that car. The best to his ability car was so mangled he could not get that door open. They said in that sermon J. Harold Smith preached that all of a sudden the gasoline was leaking and just as you can imagine almost like it's in a horror movie or something that car began to ignite in flames and in fire and the smoke began to go back through the car and that father testified until what happened is the, the smoke began to fill the car. And as the panic began to ensue, as the wife began to scream for, for him to get her baby out of the car, and, and the girls inside the car screaming out of the car, Daddy, get me out of here. Daddy, get me out of this car. Daddy, Daddy, get me out of The flames begin to spread further and further and further. And the father's fighting through the flames now, trying to get his daughter out of this car. They said the daughter began to get louder and louder and louder as she screamed at the top of her lungs. Out of this car. Daddy, don't let me die in this car. Daddy, J. Harold said I was supposed to get saved tonight. Daddy, I'm not ready to meet God. I'm not saved. You've got to get me out of this car. Daddy, don't let me die and go to hell. Daddy, get me out of this car. Daddy, don't let me die. And the father said that the last words he heard his daughter scream was, Daddy, please get me out of this car. I'm not ready to be God. I thought to myself, how many people under the sound of my voice Sunday night 
Monday night, Tuesday night. Your heart's beating out of your chest as the Holy Ghost deals with your heart about your eternal salvation. You're so concerned about what somebody will say or what somebody will think about it that you remain in your seat telling God no. But what if? Brother Clement, Brother Eddie, what if this is your last opportunity? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You say, preacher, I got my whole life to live. You don't know that. That's right. You don't know that. Jesus could come back at any moment and you stay right where you are. You could die before the sun comes up and have to stand before God and have to give an account for your works on this I just wonder all the worship and all the praise and everything you've got to be around tonight you're going to leave this tabernacle still lost being comes to I'm done preaching you're going to let this meeting come and go and you're still lost you're going to have to stand before God and God said, I brought preachers all the way from, the, from Georgia and South Carolina and North Carolina and Tennessee. I brought them, put them all together in your town. They preached the gospel to you and you still didn't trust Christ? What more did God have to do for you? In a nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing the power to save. Save from what? Save from a real place called hell. Yeah. Yeah. Say, preacher, I'm scared to death what somebody's going to think about me. My goodness. There is nobody's opinion worth dying and going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. I turn them phones off. There is nobody's opinion worth dying and going to hell for. Yeah. I don't care if you're a teenager. I care if you're a Sunday school teacher. That's right, brother. I don't care if you claim to be. I've seen preachers get saved. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a bunch more than needed to. Somebody say amen right there. Yeah. <laughs> Having a form of godliness. Yeah. Denying the power thereof. I'm going to leave you with this statement. Eternity is too long to be wrong. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, This side hurt me. I got to come say it over here. I feel like I'm cheating y'all tonight. I feel like y'all was going to get half a dose of preaching, but this is all I got. Eternity is too long to be wrong. I love my babies. I love my kids. I hope I get to see them hit home runs. I hope I get to see them score touchdowns. I hope to get to see them live a happy life. But you want to know what I want them to know beyond anything in this world? Yes, sir. I want them to be sure. 
Yeah. That everything is right, which I pray that every day. I want them to know that they know that they know that everything is right. Yes, yes, yes. Between them and God. Amen. Because as much as I love them, I can't fix it for them. Nope. I can't do it for them. Can you imagine what it's going to be like this when men your age? It's going to stand before God. Say, go get my mama, she'll tell you. Go get my daddy. They'll talk for me. Go get my preacher. Nobody's going to get to talk for me. Yep. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground sinking Yeah. Eternity is too long to be wrong. Do you know that everything's right between you and God? Is your name recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life? Have you been saved the Bible way? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes. I don't understand why all these people are so excited and rejoicing tonight. Because we've been saved. Yeah. Peace passeth all understanding. Knowing that everything's right between us and God. If you died tonight, where would you go? that day there's just two classes of people it's not rich and poor it's not black and white it's not Yankees or Confederates saved and lost you either have the blood of Jesus or you don't you're either saved or you're not there's no gray area there's no middle ground the Bible said these things have I written that you may know that you have it God don't want you living your life guessing the devil robbing you of victory he wants you to know it think about that young girl Jay Harold Smith told all time Sometimes I get deeply bothered on how many people can sit through our church services and die and go to hell. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, nobody's looking around. rich man died, the poor man died. One went to heaven, one went to hell. It's not a matter of what you got, it's a matter of who you got. With heads bowed and eyes closed, all the workers find a place to pray. We're asking God 